Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. John Ma. On today's episode, we have Cam Ross from These Streets On, and we're talking about our top five most influential albums. Albums that really shaped us into the music taste we like now and helped define how we wrote music. A few news topics before we get into that conversation. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2 are coming out in a remastered format together for all the major platforms on September 4th. And then some more Mandalorian news. It hasn't been totally confirmed by Lucasfilm, but Katie Sackhoff has been reportedly cast as Bo-Katan in The Mandalorian Season 2. If some of you don't know, she voiced Bo-Katan in both Clone Wars and Rebels, so that would be cool to see her take the live-action form of the character as well. That's it for the news. Let's get in this combo with Cam. What's up, dude? Nothing much, man. What's up with you? Chilling at home. Just got off work. Hell yeah. So you are still working through this whole thing? Yeah. 100%. How's how is that? Um, It's been good. I mean, it's just real lonely. <laughs> is it just you? It's me and my, um, my second assistant manager who just so happens to be the old guitar player of these streets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it works out. We just get to kick it all day. I mean, that's tight. It's not bad, bro. It could be a lot worse. That That's true. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't have jobs at all, so. Right. <laughs> Including me. <laughs> what have you been doing? Uh, this and whatever design work I can do. Other than that, a whole lot of nothing. Not nothing, but I've been riding my bike. And when it's nice, I mean, this weekend it snowed, so I didn't ride my bike in the snow. It snowed in May. Yeah, man, it was sick. Just kidding. It fucking sucked. It's stupid as fuck. <laughs> yeah, that sounds actually insane. Yeah, not not what I wanted at all. And then Sam and I have been trying to cook stuff. Mostly she cooks awesome shit and I sort of help. I feel it. You're like a sous chef. Yeah, she actually called me her sous chef yesterday. It's hilarious. <laughs> I looked up the date. I looked up the year we met. What year? 2015. Yeah. You were, you were on the These Streets Lionheart Nasty Tour, except when, by the time I saw it, Nasty was not on the tour anymore. No, they weren't. 
but you were you were doing double duty yeah doing the vocals and then the guitar and the line heart yeah i saw you guys in syracuse first and then it was either that weekend or the weekend after uh ghost ship played metal fest and you guys oh, yeah, played yeah, yeah. and i remember hanging out with ricky and ricky shit talking people in the parking lot in classic ricky fashion at metal fest yes yeah i wasn't even fun i was like dying in our van by that point i like had between the first day i met you and that day i like i got the coronavirus in 2015 or something it was the worst sickness i've ever had in my life was that the first time you were ever east yeah you probably got sick because it was probably cold compared to what you're used to (laughs) i just i'm pretty sure i just gotten back from europe which was freezing oh that makes sense yeah and then and then of course the of course the year after we we hung out in europe together for a month yeah good times we did, didn't we yeah you know rocking the six strings for the heart of lions for the lion hearts yeah, the lion hearts yeah that was a good time well not for you you said you hated your life then but i did i was very depressed back then i was a you sad ham. we still became good friends though i know through my chemical romance no less oh yeah i mean mcr rules so uh-huh and then i ended up booking your band and here we are yeah i'm pretty sure to string it back to ricky ricky was supposed to be our new agent oh yeah and then he was just like not you know you had to get a hold of him through facebook messenger so it just didn't work out (laughs) (laughs) and then i hit you up i was like yo can you please book this tour and it was like i would pop i would honestly say one of the best these three tours ever and i booked it in like a week yeah, no, it. It was you very had fast. In a week. I'm pretty sure. It was <laughs> yeah, that's true. I had to just rock that one out. Yeah, it worked out for the best, bro. Yeah, that was a good tour. Oh yeah. And then, and then I bought you coffee when I had you come all the way out to Syracuse again. Oh yeah. We, what was that place called? Oh, Recess, the coffee place. It wasn't that good. You didn't like it? I'm not a big coffee guy. Oh, okay, that's right. Then. <laughs> I'll take a Starbucks mocha all day. I mean, all right, dude. That's fine. Whatever floats your boat. It floats it, that's for sure. (laughs) So before we get into the whole music thing, which this is, I've had other music based, but I've never had one entirely on music, if that makes sense. It's usually about the person and then we just kind of talk about music. But are are you into any nerd-related things at all? Like video games or anime or comic book-based things? I mean... No. Uh, <laughs> like, but I, I kind of know a little bit, kind of, maybe, uh, because I work for Zoomies, and we always do, like, this company, Primitive, always does drops with anime shows. Yeah. So we got, I had to learn about Dragon Ball Z. Buzzy, yeah. They did Naruto, about, right? Yeah, Naruto. They and just dropped a Marvel one, right? Yeah, I just got all that in my sword today, so... I'm learning. You have I'm to know. Learning. You have to know like who's on the shirts and shit. <laughs> yeah, no, because if I say it wrong, they'll be like, "That's Yasuki Maduki," and I'm like, "Yeah, dude, fire, buy it." <laughs> yeah, this this Minuki shirt, this shit's fire, dog. <laughs> That's great. That's a great sales pitch, Cam. Yeah, I remember who was the Broly. Oh, the Broly, yeah, the big, big motherfucker. Yeah, Broly. When they dropped the Broly movie, they dropped the Broly shirt at the same time. So that I makes sense. Where's Broly? I'm like, dude, who's Broly? I don't know who you're looking for. 
<laughs> I don't know Broly. No Broly works here. They're like, no, he's on the shirt. I'm like, oh, that guy. But no, I'm not really into anything too nerdy. I mean, I, I'm super into like computer stuff, like true audio engineering. I, I can get nerdy about that. I mean, I used to be into PC gaming. Yeah, I mean, that's so nerdy. You're kind of a shoe nerd, aren't you? I, I is that nerdy? Yeah, dude. I mean, anything you're obsessed with is kind of nerdy. It's okay, it's well, weird because I'm a shoe nut and a and a a designer clothing nut. Yeah, that's nerdy. So that, there's that. I mean, pop pop culture is nerd nerddom nowadays. You know what I mean? So yeah, look at that, dude. I just have a few pair of Yeezys. That's all I know. I don't know shit about shoes. That's okay. Yeezys are okay. Yeah, they're comfy. That's all I care about. They are. I just can't subscribe to Adidas, but I mean, I guess that makes me nerdy. Yeah. So, so you go, you learn something new by yourself. Look at that. Yeah, I'm a nerd. <laughs> We're all nerds, Cam. It's fine. I'm, I'm super into hand to hand combat. <laughs> what? <laughs> cool. <laughs> but yeah. Like, only- like MMA or karate? Like, no, like- fighting people. Oh, just fighting people. Okay, cool. Tight. Tight, tight, tight. I get pretty nerdy about that too. <laughs> My God! But you can't just like tell people you know things. You know what I'm saying? You can't be like, if you have a black belt in Krav Maga, you're not just going to tell everyone that. Some people would. Well, yeah, kind of corny, but not me. I just wait till someone tries to punch me in the face and like snap their neck with a snap of my fingers. (laughs) Thanos dick. See, like, oh, nerd reference. Look at you go. Yeah, Thanos. (laughs) <laughs> have you ever seen the where they put Thanos on that? Hold on, I'll find it. I'll send it to you. No, I, I, th- I think I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. On the edge of the bed, like. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you remember the show or the band that made you jump in this deep hole of playing in hardcore and metalcore bands and wanting to tour and be in a million bands like you are now? <laughs> Um, I guess you're on a million. You're only in like two now, right? I'm actually in a bunch now. They oh, okay. There's more. I decided I wanted to play music again, bought an amp, and then I just started writing music with other people. But um, yeah, it was in like 2008. Back when Hot Topic used to let people have shows. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm talking about. Yep. There was this band that played Rise of Caligula. Never heard of them, right? No. <laughs> Funny thing is, that band went on to be a, a band called Death Heaven. Oh, wow. Yeah, the, the two main dudes from Death Heaven are from Modesto, went to the same high school as me. Oh, damn. Yeah, but I saw them play inside of this Hot Topic, and it was like fucking nuts. They, they played like, full band? Yeah, they were spitting on everything, and it was just like grindcore. This was not it was like grindcore with like mosh parts. It was wild. Wow. But yeah, I saw them play, and it was just epic, and I was like, yeah, like I, I had seen bands play live before, but I'd never mm-hmm. seen a band just like kind of do that whole trash talk thing where they didn't give a fuck and it was just insane, you know? Yeah, I, I, I missed the period because I think they only did full band stuff in Hot Topic for a very short period of time. I'm guessing because of things of like what you're talking about. <laughs> that was dope as fuck. <laughs> it's so sick. They, they moved all the t-shirts to be an upside down cross. They were like spitting on shit. It was crazy. Wow. But that that performance alone, how I felt, I was like, dude, I want to play live music and be that insane. 
Change my life forever. Some random ass band you'd never heard of, but also kind of heard of. It's okay. The the show that got me into live music was some local show, and I don't even remember any of the bands that played. So, boom. <laughs> and that made me want to want to keep going to shows and then playing bands and stuff. So, not that much different for me. <laughs> I'm tired. Yeah, it was just some random metal bands. I think the headliner. No, I don't even remember the name of them. Honestly, I had no fucking idea. <laughs> It'd be like that. I know, right? So we're going to talk about top five albums. I guess top five most influential albums to us. So the way the way I kind of did it, I don't know. I didn't tell you how to do it. I just kind of told you, yo, we're going to do this, whatever. The way I kind of did it were albums that kind of opened up different realms of music to me, I guess, for the most part. Or they either did that or they heavily influenced how I wrote I wrote music when I did write music. I don't really write music anymore. But. That's exactly how I did it. Okay, cool. Sweet. Well, kind of. It starts It starts out like the two red... We'll get into it. I'll okay. Okay. Go. okay. Number five. You can go first. Okay. So number five, Linkin Park Hybrid Theory. Okay. First CD I ever owned. I was like enamored by it. Like the music was like super heavy. They looked ridiculous. Insanely ridiculous. <laughs> they had DJ scratches. It was like rap because I was into rap too. I was, yeah. I was a confused little child like Jamie Kennedy and all this was wanted. It was just like these, every song is, was a classic before I even knew what a classic was. Like I yeah, love every all song. Bangers. The booklet was all these weird transparent pages. I don't know if you ever owned that CD. But all the pages were like translucent. You could kind of see through them a little bit. The packaging was super dope. It was well put together. I was like, damn, I want to make CDs. That'd be, I think when I got that CD, it was in the weird time when MP3 players became a thing mm-hmm. and I didn't care about CDs for like a year or two. So I think I just had it digitally on an MP3 player or something like that. I don't think I ever owned it on CD. And I also had a time where I had the Sony Walkman. I had a yellow Sony Walkman. It was so fucking sick. And my parents were poor. So whenever I had something that was like super cool to me, I like cherished it, you know? Totally. But someone stole it from me on a bus and it had fucking, or Limp Biscuit significant other in it. And I was so pissed. I'd have been dumb hot too. I was pissed. I loved that fucking thing. But yeah, I mean, it's weird because mine are, I mean, they're not newer albums, but they're kind of, I think mine probably people kind of would figure would be in my top five. What's your number five? My number five is uh, brand new Deja Intendu. Okay. In the same time, like, I was super into Fall Out Boy and Panther Disco and bands like that at the same time. But I feel like Deja was the band, or, well, Deja the album, brand new, was the band that kind of took it to another level. And they kept doing it, obviously, throughout their albums after that. But I remember literally listening to it, like, mowing the lawn, listening to this record and shit. And... I mean, I have the fucking astronaut tattooed on my arm and I could still listen to this album now and wouldn't skip a single fucking track, which is kind of, you know. Why have you never played music like that? Um, I kind of did when I was younger, I guess. Okay. I was in a few bands that were more in that kind of realm, but I also didn't really know how to write music. So they kind of, I was in one I band. Don't you, but I feel you. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I was young. I was like 16. There was one, I was in this like acoustic project with one of my high school, like high school best friends after I got back from college. And it was pretty cool. 
and we started demoing stuff that was full band that probably would have sounded in that realm but then we ended up breaking up because i joined a hardcore band and thought i was super fucking cool for no reason that's how it happens bro i, I know i know you got one little piece <laughs> thing like yeah so i kind of did but there's not really any proof of it i guess <laughs> yeah i'll try to, to mask all the proof of my attempt at that too why that was a good band yeah yeah whatever man <laughs> so i took i took that record off of spotify too really yeah it's gone oh wow it was like a, it was like an art project it was like a painting and i held one art gallery where you could come look at it and then it was just over <laughs> it's just gone you totally deleted it off the internet is like the music video down and shit i didn't take the music video down oh, okay so that's still up there but i but i'm not in control of that youtube page or else it would be now oh gotcha and that guy the the label who put out our our shit the guy went MIA. That's weird. No, like actually weird. Like he stopped responding. And then one day he, I'm, I get put into this group text with like 40 other people and it's everyone who was on that label. And he's like, sorry guys, label fell apart. Here's all the stuff that you guys need for your records. Wow. And I was just like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and this was like months after we just, after we disbanded of sorts. Oh, yeah, because you kind of, like, did the thing and then kind of just weren't doing the thing. <laughs> yeah. Literally just didn't even... Instagram still exists. Twitter still exists. Stop. We, we don't. <laughs> Ain't nobody asked. <laughs> so It was cool. The music was cool. It was cool. It just wasn't, it wasn't done right. I mean, shit happens, man. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, I know. Shit happens. <laughs> That's like the running theme of things going wrong in my life. Shit happens. I mean, that's kind of the running theme in anyone's life where things go wrong, mm-hmm. right? Uh-huh. Shit happens. <laughs> number, number four. My number four was Scary Kids, Scaring Kids, The City Seeps in Flames. Okay. You ever listen to this record? No. Dude, it's so good. Is it? Yes. Dude, I just remember watching a live video of them, and bro, their keyboards goes brazy. Dude, they all went. I never got to see them live, but they always went. I always watched live videos, and they were always fucking insane. But they kind of, I mean, they didn't open up, because I was kind of, I was super into all the Screamo bands. I love Senses Fail, Silverstein, Plus the Fall. I guess you can kind of, now you can't lump in a day to remember, but then you could have lumped in a day to remember. They they still bump in a day to remember that, huh? They're like the uh, the duct tape of music, bro. They could be anything they want. That's true. I just mean they're like fucking huge now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well deserved. <laughs> oh, dude, yeah. I mean, every new song they put out was a fucking banger. But I wasn't feeling that newest one though. The the mind reader. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It's catchy. I thought sure. the way they worked in the word mind reader was not catchy at all. I mean, it's. They yeah, they're kind of starting going to the typical you know, radio kind of thing, you know, all time low type deal. Yeah, 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 exactly. But the this record, time this time record time. was my the city seems in flames is my favorite record from that era of that kind of band. Oh, I was also super into Alisana back then too. Okay, I you were straight up emo dog, dude. Screamo, bro, not emo. There was there was no questioning that. No, dude, that I love that shit. Was Alice on the band with like three guitarists? Yes. They they had two singers. No, well, one of the singers, the dude who had that high fucking pitch voice was one of the guitar players, but they did have three guitar players. 
<laughs> Dude, Maylene had three guitar players too. Maylene? Yeah, and they definitely did not need three guitar players. No, neither did Chelsea fucking Graham. They had three guitar players? They had three guitar players. Oh, God, why? And they kill it with just one now. Yeah, well, backing drafts, man. <laughs> Dude, yeah, sounds hella cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, nowadays, backing tracks sound decent, you know? Yeah. I like it when bands uh like do like actually have another amp set up on stage and just run shit through that amp. As if that guitarist is there, like run the DI through that amp. That's kind of too much for me. <laughs> I used to do that, bro. That song is so crazy. That's true. I mean, when you get bigger, you just have two cabs and then they're all du- and then you have a million dummy cabs. I think they did that because um at the time they weren't playing venues with a good front of house. Oh, so they did, so you didn't have to worry about it sounding like fucking shit. Yep. That makes sense. That's smart, actually. It's really smart. I thought it was fucking brilliant. Obviously, it'll sound awesome. So Everyone's just staring at that the amp setup in the trailer. Like, like, oh, I'm not loading that in. <laughs> I'm a real member. <laughs> so good. That's great. What's your number four? My number four? Iowa from Slipknot. Oh, shit. Yeah, dude, I was like eight years old when I got that dude, record. I don't even have Slipknot on here, and I feel kind of stupid for it. They'd probably be in my top ten. They'd have to be in my top ten. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I was thinking ones that just define me as a musician. Because there's like I could talk about Fifty Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying, but we don't need to go there today. <laughs> but that record, that's the most. I mean, I would honestly say it's probably one of the heaviest records ever, ever, Ooh, ever. Um, like sonically, musically. Uh, emotionally, like everything about it is just like heavy, like a emo- like I don't know, like you could tell that they were like cracked out. Yeah, have you watched the documentary on it? They have a documentary on Iowa. Yeah, it came out like ten years ago. They put out a ten year deluxe edition. And did you ever met B- meet Bevez? No, no, maybe not. He, he kind of he lived in Watertown too when I grew up in Watertown, but then he ended up moving to Syracuse shortly after I moved to Syracuse. But he showed me a ton of bands, but he knew I love Slipknot and bought me the Iowa Deluxe Edition for Christmas one year, like a good friend. But we watched the documentary together, and dude, it's fucked. Like, the intro, where it's that crazy high-pitched noises, Yeah, it's it's the, I believe it's the producer. No, it's one of the other dudes going in there because his, like, father died or something, and it's him literally screaming. And they... You can hear him screaming in the actual intro too, but I think they remix it too to make all the fucking crazy noises. That's wild. And they, I've, I've seen like the liminal, and I've seen the VHS that came with the. There was a VHS that came out back in the day for the self title, but I've never seen one uh, on Island. Yeah, dude, it's you can probably find it on YouTube and shit. I think it's called Goat. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to look this up. It's dude. And they like hated each other then too. There's yeah, you could tell that they were like all being accustomed to being rich, but still spending it on like meth. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, like they, they actually like smoke crack and shit. Cause that's yeah. like the drug of choice out there, you know? So the yeah. rich, like, I'm not going to like, I can go to rehab if I need to, to smoke meth, to be an alcoholic. <laughs> Do Ella Cocaine. Like, those motherfuckers were fucking crazy when they wrote that. Yeah, they, there's videos. Yeah, there's videos of them, like, screaming at each other backstage and shit. 
in the documentary. It's fucked. <laughs> I can't wait to watch this. And that's stuff they just show too. So who knows what the actual reality of it was? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. They showed enough just to be like, yeah, these motherfuckers are crazy. But in reality, it was probably fucking way worse too. For sure. Damn. That's a good one. My number three is is up that alley. Okay. Kill switch engage. End of heartache. Damn. Banger. We almost covered that song. That one. Oof, that would have been sick. I know. I, I could sing it hella good. Oh, I would love that. That'd be amazing. Yeah, we it's, were gonna do. We only had one guitars at the time. Oh yeah, that would not work with one guitar player. So now we could do it, but I don't know. We have our eyes set on another cover. Okay, but yeah, this this song was on a Resident Evil movie. It was the end. It was the, as soon as the credits roll, it played in there. And then Rosa Sharon was on this Headbangers Ball mixtape that my mom bought for me when I was like fucking twelve or something. Whenever this record came out, and that pretty much like skyrocketed my love into like metalcore proper, like Esley Dying and Eighteen Visions and shit like that. That's okay. like this is the band that got me into that stuff. Did you ever so, like Wings? No, I was super late into the kind of underground metalcore stuff. Okay. Like on Brooklyn Wings and like Recon and like Disembodied and shit like that. I was kind of late to the game. Pretty much when I got into hardcore and then metalcore became cool again, that's when I was like, oh, these bands. I yeah. knew I knew like the big ones pretty much. And like every time I died came, they, they'd be in my top 10 too. They're not in my top five, but because they kind of came late too. I didn't listen to them until like their third record or something or fourth record. That's wild. Yeah. But now they're one of my favorite bands. Every time I die? Yeah. One of the greatest live bands of all time. Probably the greatest live band of all time. Okay, I don't know about that. I've seen Liam Gallagher live, and I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Greatest heavy live band of all time. There you go. Because I've seen Slipknot, and they were cool. But I wish I kind of saw them in their prime, because I feel like they're all old now, and they're kind of a little too tame. Yeah, I saw them during All Hope Is Gone, that album cycle. I saw them on the gray chapter album cycle. Oh, that's rough. I love that album. So I don't care. Really? Yeah. Actually, all hope is gone is the only Slipknot record. I don't entirely like really. Whoa. I like a few songs off it, but as a record, I don't really like it. I get it. Yeah. It's got some bangers on it, but when you're following Iowa and volume three, it's kind of hard. Oh, totally. No, I get it. (laughs) They had big shoes to fill. Oh, yeah. Because I know people already kind of, I mean, had their hate with Volume 3. Some people do. I don't. I think it's a great record. That's, yeah. That's a good record, man. That should be on my list. But I'll, I'll let Iowa sit for number four. I mean, Iowa's my favorite Slipknot record, for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the songwriting in Volume 3 is really... Whew, it's good. It's smart. Yeah. It's, it's like not- heavy, but it's... The, like the heaviest radio record, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I know it's took the words right out of my mouth, which is smart. It's like, yeah, we're still gonna be pissed off, but we're gonna write the fucking hits. <laughs> what do you got for number three? Uh, a day to remember for those who have heart. Whew. I don't know why, dude. I feel like I fucked up, but it's you didn't right. fuck up. <laughs> you went with your heart. I did. I did. I went with good candy first. I think for sure. That's an amazing record. It's yeah. a perfect record. It is a perfect record. Dude, okay, so you want to hear some crazy shit? What? So the first time I saw a day to remember, they played 
I've told the story a few times on my podcast, I think, but who gives a fuck? There's this record store near where I live now, but when from where I grew up, it was like an hour-ish away. I went with a bunch of my friends, but I did remember opened this tour, okay? And it's either right when For Those Who Have Heart came out or right before. I know they at least had the single out, but they, well, Endwell was supposed to open, but they dropped for some reason, the tour. So they were opening the tour and then Bless the Fall was direct support, support with Craig Mabbitt. And then Alisano was the headliner. And I told, I saw them play in a record store, literally a record store, Whoa. the size of a living room. Yeah. I saw, I saw a data member in a church 2008. I actually saw them. It wasn't a church, but I saw them, I think it was 2006 or 2007, but I saw them definitely in 2030. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And then I saw them 2007 and they were direct support to Devil's Prada. It wasn't a church, but it was like a church annex thing. It was basically just a big ass room at the stage. I love playing churches. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Who did they play with in that church show? Dude, I forget what the what band they were on tour with. It was. I know there's like a like a YouTube video of them on that tour. Remember 2007? Well, I'm gonna figure this out right now. Watch. Uh. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, nope. Is it in the comments? Nope. Never mind. They're on sort It was a really bad band. Uh, they were- <laughs> <laughs> and there was like one local opener, I think. Really? It was like a three-band show? Yeah. And I, I, I still have a signed poster in my bedroom. That's dope. Is it like a For Those Who Heart signed poster? Yeah. That's like awesome. It's got, it's got Tom Denny on it. Oh, yeah. He was in the band then. Holy shit. <laughs> back before he looked like a back before he was a biker Does that dude still record bands no but he's for sure a biker weird yeah he's like a or i think he's not a biker anymore i think he moved to la and he like he's a filmmaker now probably not a, a good one but i mean he's still a filmmaker what a wild journey that dude has had in his life i know and he could have just been in a day to remember yeah kind of fucked that one up <laughs> Was Did it? you know that Jason, well, because him and Jason Lancaster, the dude who was in Mayday and Go Radio, used to re- do shit together in a recording studio. And Jason Lancaster wrote, um, If It Means a Lot to You, he wrote that song for Day Remember. And he didn't charge royalties. He charged like $1,500 for that song. Good shit. Imagine if he charged royalties. That dude would be fucking so rich. On that. That's still one of their biggest songs. I know. 
<laughs> it got number one. Yeah, I mean, I mean that marshmallow song might have cracked that one. Dude, that song was fire too. Yeah, it's catchy as fuck. When they it play was, it live, that makes sense. It's fine. My uh, mind reader's number one right now, but in terms of streams, one hundred and twenty-eight million on if it means a lot to you. Holy fuck! The only thing close is downfall of us all. <laughs> wow. Homesick, reigning supreme over there. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a great record too. Man, yeah. that's what should have been on my goddamn list because that homesick. Yeah, I started writing music on the computer, like heavy music on the computer, after I heard homesick because it sounded so good. Oof, that should yeah, that's a, both records are amazing. Mm-hmm. Peak a day to remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because I didn't like um, another full record until, what's the yellow one? Common Courtesy? Yeah. You didn't like, uh, wow, some fan I am. The What Separates Us yeah. From Them or whatever the fuck? No, I didn't. Yeah. It was whatever to me. I love that record, but it sounded weird. And their new record sounds like... They just copied the ghost inside, but couldn't copy them well enough to be the ghost inside. Bad vibrations or whatever. I don't know about that, bro. Dude, you listen to some of those songs and you go listen to Ghost Inside, you'll be like, oh, okay. Well, Jeremy McKinnon <laughs> wrote the Ghost Inside's record, so. Which ones? Dude, he like co-produced their like past three records. Oh, well. I swear to God, I might be wrong. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I might be wrong. <laughs> I swear to God, he did. <laughs> hold up, hold up. <laughs> Keep talking, bro. I'm on my computer, bro. I could be Googling things all nerve. Oh, my God. Uh, well, do you have anything else to say about this record? You were just like, it's number three. I like it. What? I mean, the <laughs> album has some of the most slept on breakdowns of all time. Facts. And they're all just open. Yeah. All mosh calls, too. They like... They pretty much said, let's take up every breakdown possible and just like say we did it first. Yeah. I can tell you how many breakdowns of those have been stolen by other bands since then. You know what I'm saying? But pretty much all of them. Mm-hmm. They they seriously took every open variation of a breakdown and did it. Good for them. 100 <laughs> They like they, they took all the real estate real quick. <laughs> Pretty much in one record. <laughs> and then outdid themselves in the second record. <laughs> like, oh, you think we didn't have any more open breakdowns? Well, no, guess what? We do. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, Dear Youth was co-produced by Jeremy McKinnon and Andrew Wade. Oh, okay. I mean, all right. Give what you give producer Jeremy McKinnon. I guess he. I guess he was finally fed up with producing and goes, "Yo, I'm gonna write my own Ghost Inside record." Uh huh. I mean, you were doubting yourself, so I'm glad you were right. <laughs> I was. I was. I was scratching. You see all the sweat on my head. Dog? I, I do. Uh, <laughs> uh, what's your what, What's your number two? Number two. Actually, before that, you doing all those hand motions reminded me of one of my favorite moments from that Lionheart tour in Europe. So you're the one who introduced me to Post Malone in that uh-huh. year, 2016, I think. Let the was. record show that I was like the first Post Malone fan. I had no idea who the fuck he was at all. No, no idea. 
And we listened to White Iverson every day of that tour. Every day, multiple times a day. Yeah, like, probably oh, probably oh. way more than once every day. And that's not as sketchy as fuck, so I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> outside of the tour bus, you took a bunch of European money. And I made it you, rain. You made it rain. But what you don't see in the video that you post on Instagram is that after you make it rain in slow motion with White Iverson <laughs> playing over it, it's you scrambling to make sure none of the money blows away. <laughs> yeah, all my all my money. Damn it. I'm pretty sure it was Frog's money. I, was like, I, forgot. Frog. I forgot everyone called him Frog. Dude, yeah, Frog. I was a little lily pad. Yo, Frog. You got Frog. You got Cub. You got Sean. You know what I'm saying? You had the whole the dream team back then. Dude, that was the liner dream team. Anyway. Okay, my number two. <laughs> Taking back Sunday, where you want to be. Ooh, oh, one of. Cool. So most people say tell all your friends. Obviously, there that's their TBS album, but this album, amazing. The songwriting is incredible, and this one kind of. This CD came with a victory sampler CD that had Bayside on it, which Bayside is still one of my favorite bands ever. They almost got put on it, but if it wasn't for the sound, I never would have found Bayside. So it had Hawthorne Heights on it. It had a Treyu on it. And it had a few more. I don't remember what else was on it, to be honest. Maybe Bleeding Through or something. Maybe. Hoods. I don't think Hoods, Hoods was on <laughs> They were on fucking Victor at that time. Yeah, that, that album kind of opened up a, a new world for me in a way. But that, I mean, even today I listen to that album and I just love it. I love that album. It's great. Did that album have Fred on it? Yeah, that's the first album with Fred. Right. I loved him. He is incredible. My favorite uh, Taking Our Sunday record was Louder Now. That's Sam's favorite one. Oh, we were front to back numbers. We went we went hiking the other day and we listened to like Taking Back Sunday the whole <laughs> there and back. But but yeah, she was like, Yeah, Louder Now is my favorite. But I was like, Yeah, I was like, Where you want to be is just the record that I remember. Well, Louder Now they have money to play with. Oh, yeah. It sucks because. After Louder Now, I guess Frank had a ton of ideas and they were just like, nah, we don't want him. See ya. That's black. Yeah, it's like, why would you get rid of that guy? He's a fucking genius. And he sounded good. He was amazing. And the guy they replaced him with sucked too. Well, they replaced him, I don't know if it was originally, but eventually they replaced him with the OG guy. Yeah, eventually after after the album they did with the random guy who sucked. I don't even remember that album, to be honest. What was it? I don't even know. I know John Nolan's the... The OG guy that came back. It was like Matt something. I don't know. But yeah, that's, Where You Want to Be is a great record. Yeah, I love that record. What's your number two? Trapped Under Ice, Big Kiss Goodnight. Whoa. Really? Yeah, dude. I didn't see that one coming. That's why I put it there. That's a dope record, though. That's like the set it off for me. I mean, dude, it's a... Like, I love the first record. I can't remember the fucking name of it, but... <laughs> Yes, yes. Um, so when I first got into hardcore, it's when all of those bands started breaking out. Trapped Under Ice came out with that record. Backtrack released the first demo and EP. Cruel Hand released Which, Lock and Key. That. that first Backtrack demo was crazy hard. Dude, so sick. Best thing oh. they probably ever put out. <laughs> but yeah, like all that shit came out at the same time. So when they wrote Big Kids United, that shit was just, it was Secrets of the World on crack pretty much. Yeah, and it was just like such good songwriting. The flow of it was just for a hardcore record. That's how I want a hardcore record to sound. Yeah, it's like yeah. It, it, was, it was cohesive, and this is why I put it on the list because it's like 
probably my favorite hardcore record. I don't care what anyone says. Like, I don't need to pick some obscure old 90s record to, like, explain my love for hardcore. But that the person who says it's their favorite hard record never listened to it in the first place. Yeah, like, I love Irate, bro. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> anyways it's everything i wanted hardcore it's fast it's it's uh the lyrics are, his, his lyrics are so good and just the his way, delivery is nuts too yeah his, his his whole style his whole vocal performance is awesome that record is bar none their best work oh and yeah a lot of people talk shit because it's like too like chorus driven it's like duh uh, <laughs> what do you mean Look at the songs and look at the best terror record, Keepers of the Faith. You say you're gonna say that's not chorus driven, yeah. <laughs> but that record set me up for success with hardcore, yeah. That's with a f- writing hardcore music, like how to structure, how to put it together. So that's wow. why that album molded me as a musician, damn, too. That's awesome. I love that. If I see Chopped into Rice Live, I'm moshing for like the whole set, I'll be out of breath, I'll be dying. And that's like one of the only three bands I'll do that to. Yeah, I have I haven't seen them in a long time. I don't think. I just saw them recently, like last year. Yeah, before yeah. the before they broke up, I think it was the last time I saw them. I haven't seen them since they got back together. Oh wow! Yeah, it's been a while. I was like five years ago, bro. I know. I have not seen them in a long time. <laughs> I don't think they've played anywhere near, to be honest, other than like Philly. But Philly's like four or five hours away. It's not exactly close. What's your number one? Number one, Stick to Your Guns, Diamond. Okay. That that wow. record, I mean, it heavily influenced everything I wrote for Ghost Ship, for sure. I kind of took, I kind of melded hardcore with Stick to Your Guns and made uh, Carry the Flame and mostly Cold War Army is more influenced, I guess, by Stick to Your Guns than that one. But pretty much our, my writing style with hardcore or hardcore metalcore or adjacent or whatever the fuck you want to call it. And even the way, because I would help sometimes with with not exactly the lyrics, but maybe vocal placement or ideas for lyrics. They'd be like, hey, here are the lyrics. Do you have any other ideas? And that stuff definitely has influenced me more than any heavy record ever. Because that's why I put it at number one, because as far as songwriting or me being in a band, like that was that was the one that molded me into being probably the best, to write the best songs that I ever wrote, I think, for sure. But that record's still phenomenal front to back. And I remember when it came out, I would show a bunch of people, because that was like heyday of hype hardcore, you know, when that record came out. So, Stick to Your Guns would still play with hardcore bands. Wait, what? That's back when Stick to Your Guns would still like tour with hardcore bands. I mean, this, they'd, I mean, they did it, they toured with Candy, rotting out. Yeah, but you know what I mean? Like when they were like touring, touring with hardcore bands, not like letting them direct support, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, 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 true. I saw them I saw them with Terror. The tour was Terror, Stick to Your Guns, Trapped Under Ice, Your Demise, and one more, I, remember I think. That yeah. My old band, Atlas, opened for that tour. <laughs> you had a band called Atlas? Yeah, that was the band that pretty much got me in Ghost Ship because we used to play all the same shows and then Ghost Ship needed a guitar player and I filled in and then ended up joining. It happens just it, like that. It does <laughs> very fast. Next thing you know. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, it's, you know, yeah, boom, <laughs> Lionheart baby. <laughs> I mean, and then Ghost Ship was the reason I filled in for Lionheart, obviously. So, yeah. So number one, what's your number one? The Black Brave. Whoa. Over three tiers? 
Oh, yeah. All right. You have to think, like, the reason I approach it like that is because if you think about Three Cheers, that's, like, their first, that's, like, their debut record, really. Yeah. Their major yeah. label debut. Yeah. And you can never think, like, major, I can't, I can't ever put myself in major label at least at the moment, I can't put myself in major label debut mode or anything like that. Yeah. I put out my debut before, you know? Yeah, yeah. So I always think of Black Parade and I always look to Black Parade for inspiration for anything I write, really. Yeah, I mean, that can because cross so many genres for sure. It's not even about genres. It's just like the amount of textures, the amount of things going on in the songs, the vocal production. Like if you go on YouTube and literally search like any song of the black parade acapella and you hear all the shit he did all the layers of vocals yeah it's crazy and it's like honestly how i kind of approach some of the some of the uh sections of songs on the new record like that's awesome it's just it's super inspiring to see what they were able to do with what money they had yeah and then it just challenges me to kind of use that as a tool to create and as like a guideline of, of you know like parts sound big when there's when they're big, yeah. you know. So it kind of just always keeps me in check with this is possible without what what they had. Yeah, exactly. So, not to mention that album changed my life forever. I was like, this is the greatest record of all time. It's like that's honestly my favorite record of all time. Maybe it's an amazing record. I love, I mean, obviously we talked about how MCR bonded us in Europe, but yeah, I love, I love, I am. Yep. I was, I was bummed when they announced the, the tour and I tried to buy tickets and they were, by the time, if I wanted to buy them, I would have had to spend like fucking $800 for two tickets or some shit. And I was like, I mean, my sister bought tickets for 600 bucks. Man. I mean, obviously that's, obviously that's not happening anymore. So. You don't know that. They haven't announced anything yet. Stop. It's, it's not going to happen. Sean, I'm, dude, I'm just being honest, man. I'm, play, I'm playing upstate New York. We'll see. <laughs> Very optimistic. Hey, if that's the only fest that happens this year. It's gonna be lit. <laughs> It'll be something, that's for sure. But yeah, that's my number one, man. I, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I feel like Gerard Way is a very, in a way, a very underrated vocalist. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like obviously, like MCR is MCR, but no one really takes the time to appreciate what he did. I guess the same with Burt from the U's too. Cause they're both unreal vocalists. Burt is great, man. Get the fuck out of here. Burt sounds good on record. Dude, I saw them live and they were sick and they were playing the hits too, which I was stoked about. What do you think of their new record? I listened to like two songs and I did not care. <laughs> I haven't liked a record since they love and death. They've been pumping records out. Dude. Yeah. I think a few years ago, I just ended up looking what the U's have been doing because they still sell a fuckload of tickets. They yeah. do. They draw thousands of people a night. It's nuts. Yeah. My sister went and saw them. They played Ace of Spades, packed it out. Yeah. They, the last time they played upstate New York, they sold out a 3,500 cap room. I think two nights in a row or some shit. Yeah. It's nuts. But yeah, I looked, I looked at their Spotify and I was like, cause I remember the record that had burden the worm and, um, Pretty handsome, awkward. And that record's like, okay. It just kind of has good songs and then the rest are kind of whatever. And I remember uh, Pretty Handsome, Awkward was in a Saw movie too. <laughs> Back it's in the day. funny because they're another one of those bands that just like fell off because of beef. 
They kind of no. got they kind of got blackballed in a way because they're Michael Romance beef. I mean, kind of, but they just got big. It's weird because bands like them and All Time Low, we think they fell off, but in reality, they just got mainstream big, and we just didn't hear about them for years. Because that's what happened to All Time Low too. I didn't had no idea what All Time Low was doing, and then they announced they're playing this huge venue in Syracuse, and I was like, "What? Why are they? What? <laughs> they're that big?" And I was like, "Yeah." And I was like, "All right." I mean, yeah, like I, I when. After Love and Death, I'm pretty sure the youth were an arena band. Yeah, probably. And then they kind of humbled themselves, got back down to theaters, and have just done the same rooms forever, you know? Yeah, they just play, like, House of Blues and shit, yeah. They literally put out eight records since then as well. Yeah, which is crazy. They didn't didn't have that crazy hype about them. Think about, like, Four Years Strong. Four Years Strong never broke up. No. But they beef with a day to remember, fell off. Yeah, they've had weird... Like hills and valleys for sure. Because wow. when they got signed to Pure Noise years ago, that's when they started picking up steam again. Because I saw them, it was the first time I saw them in years. Because I randomly saw them at the fair. They opened up for Fall Boy at the New York State Fair. That's tight. It was pretty cool. No one gave a fuck about them. But they didn't play any of the old bangers really. They may have played like one or something. That was when they were, they put up that weird record that kind of sounded like Foo Fighters. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then they after that they were like, "Well, this isn't working. We better go back true to form." And they opened up. Well, they didn't open. They were direct support, but the tour was Terror, Four Year Strong, and Store So Far. And at first, I was like, "Why is Terror opening?" And then I watched the crowd after Terror for Four Year Strong, and I go, "Oh, that's why people give a fuck about Four Year Strong again." Okay, cool. That's so weird, dude. It was. I was confused. Because this had to have been 2014 or 15 or something. Somewhere around there. And I was like, why the fuck is Terra opening this? I was like, is it just because it's like a pop-punk headline tour? Is that why they're opening? But then, and even in Buffalo, Buffalo is like, Scott Vogel's from Buffalo. You know? Yeah. So, I was like, this is fucking weird. And then I watched for a strong play and I was like, oh no, that makes sense. Crazy. They're a crazy good live band. Oh yeah, they've always been good. I saw them the first time I saw both play guitar. Huh? Those fools both play guitar. And sing. Nuts. Yeah. It's crazy. I wish I had that kind of talent. Yeah, same. <laughs> it's nuts. Yeah, the first time I saw them was when right after Rise of Drag Turn came out in like two thousand eight or seven or whatever the fuck it came out. I think I saw them at Taste of Chaos with Bring the Horizon. <gasps> oh shit. It was like the last Taste of Chaos, maybe. They brought it back kind of a year ago. It wasn't really a taste of chaos. It was like, it was Sayo, no, yeah, Sayo Sim with Anthony Green, Dashboard, I think one more band or something. It was very small. It was weird, but they called it Taste of Chaos for some reason. There's no chaos involved in that lineup. <laughs> no, it was just like a, you know, emo revival tour. Yeah. It was a few years ago, though. But yeah. Yeah, I miss shows. I do. It's been weird without shows. I usually go to shows so much because, you know, it's like part of my job. What's your insider knowledge on uh, shows coming back? Nothing. <laughs> hey, Upstate Fest, though. The, the only thing I said the thing about MCR is because most major agencies have said, yeah, this year is fucked. It's, nothing is happening. So <laughs> anything, yeah. that's, anything that's in a bigger than a club or maybe a big size club, there's no fucking way it's happening. Because they're talking about in Florida, they're allowing 
like stadiums and stuff for sporting events to run at like 20 or 25% capacity, but there's no way any live show is going to want to have a show at 25% capacity, especially in thousands of cap rooms. Like who the fuck wants that? No, it would suck. Six feet player. Yeah. Like imagine a stadium tour, but you can only fill in half the room. Uh, Would be terrible. Well, I think it would mess with upstate fest, bro. Maybe. It's a pretty big room. Is it? How big is the venue? Like four, twelve hundred or fourteen hundred. It's that upstate concert hall, right? Right? That's where it is? Yeah. Yeah, like State Champs plays their hometown shows there and sells it out by a lot. That's where all the big that's where all the big tours go. Is that upstate concert hall. Yeah. It's a big, big fucking room. Like knock loose played there. Big room. Tight. Yeah. It's a very awkward room too. It's kind of like in the the stage is kind of in the corner, sort of. It's a big fucking stage. Ooh, I think I've seen videos of Laid to Rest play in there. Oh yeah, I think they played one of those weird hardcore fests there. Yep. But yeah, it's it's a weird room, especially for a hardcore fest. It's probably just going to do a couple hundred people. We'll see, I guess. Well, I'm I'm coming to party anyway, so <laughs> turn up <laughs> if it happens. I think the album drops that weekend too. Oh really? Yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Record release show in upstate. <laughs> it's tight, dude. Can we went to be hammered? Oh, my God. <laughs> Turn it up. All right, so I usually end these things with a little thing I call Metalcore Minute. Okay. So you got a minute, and you just list off whatever you've been into since this whole thing has started. It could be... Doja Cat. What? <laughs> Doja Cat, dude. I don't even know what you're saying. You know who Doja Cat is? No. Bro. Anyways, continue. Okay. Yeah, one minute. Just whatever you've been into. It's a TV show, video game, movies, bands you've been listening to, whatever. All right. I'm just going to shout people out. All right. You ready? <clears throat> ah, give, me, give me a countdown. I got stretched. All right. All right. Three, two, one, go. Shout out Machine Gun Benny. Shout out. Fred, shout out JT, shout out Michael, shout out Cody Fuentes, shout out Darius, shout out Ryan from Born and New, shout out Troy from Easy Money, Ian Heard, shout out all my homies from Modesto, shout out Sean Mott, shout out Sam, because she's way cooler than Sean, shout out Lionheart, shout out uh, Arkham Agency, classic. Wow. Shout out out Yerba Mate, shout out Swisher Sweets, shout out Weed, shout out Liam Gallagher, Cocaine. Um, PlayStation 4, uh, Graffiti, Patrick Stump, Micheladas are tight. Um, dude, shout out, uh, Universal Audio, uh, SM7B's Nike as a whole, um, Off White, uh, Weed. Did I say Weed? You um, said Weed. Five seconds. Shout out, Tight Tom. Shout out, Tight Tom. All right. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> okay. Before we totally wrap things up, plug whatever you have going on. Do Did that. I just do that? <laughs> no, that was you uh, shouting out people. Alright, uh yo, what's up? It's been Cam. Thank you for watching Hot Ones. Um <laughs> which camera are you looking to? Okay. This camera. This camera or this camera. Um, uh these trees got a record coming out on August twenty first, I think. 
Uh, we're hopefully playing Upstate Music Fest. So if you're in the New York area and you want to turn it with me, I'm going to have three bottles of Henny and I'm going to be turning it. And then new single on May 20th. Music videos dropping on. I can't say the name of the magazine yet. Albums coming out through Upstate Records uh, and Blood Blast Distribution. Finna run it up. Um, thank you, Sean. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. This was fun. I love chatting with you. So, this was good. This was good. Okay. Awesome. Bye. Thanks. Bye. <laughs> That's it for this one. Thanks for checking this one out. As always, if you want to support the podcast, follow us on social media at Metalcore Nerds, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts. That helps the podcast to be discovered by new people. Follow on Spotify. Subscribe on YouTube. And if you want to support monetarily, you can go to redcircle.com slash metalcore dash nerds slash donations. Until next time, this is Metalcore Nerds. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.